So it's Sunday morning, the 30th of May, the Milwaukee Bucks annihilated, uh, destroyed, curb stomped, um, embarrassed the Miami Heat. The Milwaukee Bucks may well have ended the Miami Heat as we know it and really established just marvelous talking points for, for the rest of eternity about heat culture versus all this kind of stuff. Um, really, really, um, and look, obviously, you know, all this, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Um, so we recorded a podcast Friday night after the Bucks were up three zero, where we weren't, we were talking a little bit more about kind of big concepts, talking about, um, frankly, why a lot of things are still really frustrating and basically just kind of. Uh, did what we kind of always do is just kind of talk about the books, but just kind of talk about whatever we want to. There's some Roger stuff at the end of this. I'm not sure if I'm going to cut some of the stuff out because it went really long because we were talking with the fellows. So we just kind of uh, yelled about a lot of different stuff. I, I may cut some of that out so it's closer to like an hour. Particularly about the books aspect of this now. I, I would just encourage everyone to just enjoy this. Um... And by all means, if you want to believe we can beat the Nets, go go right ahead and believe we can beat the Nets. I will say, though, the cool thing now about being the underdog against the Nets is we can keep them in the dogs, right? We can be dogs. We can be the underdogs. And that's like straight in this. In the, and, and even, I think, starting on the road um, is probably something that will be a little bit more comfortable for us. That now we just have to try to get the split in Brooklyn and kind of look at it that way and come back to Milwaukee and maybe at that point we think that we're better than them or maybe that maybe and look maybe they're imploding maybe we can beat Brooklyn um I've just been a Bucks fan a really really long time and I've been a fan of an NBA where Adam Silver and David Stern um ran things with their officials so I'm not I'm a little dubious about all this confidence people have all of a sudden, but that's not really, like, let's not focus on that right now. We should really, really enjoy destroying the Heat. I, I thought the Bucks were going to struggle with the Heat. I predicted Bucks in seven. I will say that I think this is a 2-2 series if Brent Forbes isn't on the team and, like, a league replacement player is is on the team right now. But yada, 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 whatever. Um, we got our band bleed performance, and it was pretty awesome. I think we can all agree on that. We got our we got our perform like <laughs> the, no, I forget the other talking point. The talking point that stands out now uh, for all time is is Brent Forbes scoring more points than Jimmy Butler after all the talk. Just chef's kiss on all of that. So I would say, like, really, and, and when you really think about it, I mean, this is in the annals of great book series since I've been alive and following the books. I mean. It's in no particular order. It's Bucks Pacers 2000. It's certainly 2001 Bucks Hornets, also very underrated. Is Bucks Magic, also 2001 for for just how much fun that was in the Ray Allen dunk. At the end of it, Bucks Celtics um, 2019, especially. Um, and what else do we have? I I, I think. Um, and then we, then we start talking about series where we're talking about the first half, Bucks Raptors, two, 2018. I still think really, uh, I want to say 2018, the Celtics series that we lost to seven, if that's 2018, was still 
just a mind like a really loud crowd a really loud Bradley Center crowd and um, we won all the home games there and everyone and everyone played well like even like Don and Jabari and Giannis Brogdon um, Middleton like everyone played especially Middleton obviously everyone played great so I think Buck Celtics um, 2018 has to be up there with those and I'm probably forgetting some but like this this goes resweeping the heat um, it is in the annals of great comebacks. And what follows is what we were saying Friday night, which is I, I don't understand why the bubble doesn't count and a lot of other stuff, but you'll listen to that and you'll agree with that or you won't. But I would just say enjoy this. This is kind of much in the way that I think if we ended up on the side of the bracket with the Sixers, and play the Sixers in the second round, we could have had our championship round against the Sixers because I think that's a more equally matched team. And if Giannis could outplay Embiid or, or whatever, that would be satisfying. The NBA used to kind of exist in this space before the super team era. And and look, on some level, there have always been super teams. They were just homegrown. The um, You were just hoping to make the playoffs. That was like one plateau. And then you were maybe hoping to beat your arch rival, or maybe you do something else. Oh, and I can obviously I can't forget the um, was it 2015 or 2016, whatever year against the Bulls. Can't forget that just because we had a series with the Bulls um, goes up there with that. The um, Jared to Jared play uh, down 3-0 is definitely um, in the pantheon. And perhaps if you're listening to this and you're not a Bucks fan, you say that's a really pathetic list, and it's like, yeah, dog, that's the point. It's really it's a really pathetic list, but that's. That's what it is. Um, other than that, Paschke um, retired or was put out to pasture or whatever you want to believe there. But um, I was listening to TNT because that's or watching TNT because that's the the feed I have out here in the southeast. But um, shout out to Paschke. Did it very well for many years with the Brewers as well as the Bucks. And I don't think we talked about this. That just um, having McLaughlin come back in the booth for that other game at the end of the season was just just magical, uh, just wonderful, and I, I just can't say enough about that. I think sometimes the Bucks the Bucks remember that we have a history with certain stuff, like bringing back, you know, Darwin or Ben Baker or that certain stuff, and yet like Ray Allen never comes back, or they like when Giannis is approaching Glenn Robinson's points, they don't bring Robinson back or anything like that. But I give them their kudos for this. That Give them, give them props for this, that they, they understood what this, this part of it meant. And having um, Jim and John back was, was, was really awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I would just say again that when you think about, when you think about the Heat series from last year, it seemed like we were always down. We were always down seven, and then we'd be down 11, and then we'd be back down eight. And not getting down when the starters went to the bench, it, it just alleviated everything. Again, it's, it's the modern NBA. Offense alleviates everything. And so if you're just going to have great offense, then all of a sudden, Bootenholzer doesn't look like an idiot because everyone's making shots, right? And I will say offensively, although I don't buy this like egalitarian, like everyone has a role offense. I, I continue to be a little bothered that Giannis is kind of trying to be a jack of all trades. But there were plays where he went to the lane, 
spun, the ball went to the corner, the ball rotated out to a wide open guy, and we were just getting open threes all over. And Portis, like I never think Portis is gonna miss, and I never think Brent Forbes is gonna miss. And we're just and it and it's really just that simple. There's a lot of other variables, but if you have guys making shots at a high rate, you can beat just about anybody. And obviously that's the hope for the Nets. So anyway, uh, this next conversation was a lot of fun, a little bit disjointed, but just um, I wanted to have a kind of preamble after this. Enjoy this part of it, though, is what I would say. Go ahead and really enjoy Revel in this. We're going to have a whole week. This is almost like we're starting. Like there's such a, a, a lay. There's going to be such a layoff between Bucks Nets game one. Just it's like a new season, and this is the climax of the second act of our season, and we're going into the third act now. And I would just. Um, Continue to say, um, don't think we can beat the Nets, but maybe we can beat the Nets. and um, Or more, more likely, the Nets can beat themselves. So either way, um, enjoy this. And uh, thanks, everybody, again for the support. Go Bucks. All right, so we have we have the <laughs> I love calling you guys the B team just because I know what a noise group is. <laughs> we have we, we have B team here. Kitchen <laughs> from Crib to talk uh, we'll talk a little a little Bucks Heat. I did not see the first half and half of the third quarter of Game Three, but obviously everybody's pretty thrilled about uh, going so far. So uh, we'll, we'll throw it to you guys now. I, I, well, I'll say this right off the top. There's, there seems to be kind of um, two competing narratives at this point. There's, of course, the Bucks won. The Bucks were always going to win. This was obvious. This was a fait accompli. And there's kind of what I think. But again, I've watched five out of the six halves, so I'm not maybe the best person to ask. So we'll start with Ken. Like, how, how are you feeling about the, frankly, the domination of the Heat at this point? I am very pleased but surprised i was very cautious in the beginning i was very nervous i didn't want to you know you know the mantra never trust the bucks so they had not given me a whole lot of confidence all season long they, they just weren't consistent more than three games you know and then that fourth game or that third game they would just play terrible so i was just really nervous i had a lot of faith in drew and P.J. Tucker. So I was looking forward to that. And I always felt like we improved in the players that we got. But I was just – I was really cautiously optimistic, you know, hopeful as a Bucks fan, but I, I really didn't want to say because, I mean, we got dismantled in the bubble by this – what I thought was the same team. But as I seen them match up, I'm like, this is not the same team. So I gained more confidence after that first game. I was really hyped. And then that first quarter of the second game, I was like, oh, we got this. Crib, what's your uh, confidence level right now? I think I've said it 
uh, from the beginning. I think they're an Eastern Conference final team. Oh wait, wait, you were you were cocky guy before. That's right. I was trying yes, to remember yeah. who said what. Okay, right. You were big talk. All right, yeah. Okay, go ahead. So take your victory lap on this. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna take that victory lap. I, I said it from the beginning. I said the Bucks in five, but I think now it'll probably be easily be a sweep. But it still could be a Bucks in five. I thought they would lose Game Three, only. But I mean, I think they're Eastern Conference final team. I think they know something that the rest of us don't know as they went through the regular season this year. And and I think we're also kind of seeing that happen right now in the playoffs as well. Like there's a clear upper echelon team in the East. And the lower teams, the lower echelon teams are not in the same league. So I'm sorry, I'm is, is the upper echelon team in the East the one that has three of the top 17 players in the yeah, league? Yeah, right. Or, or are you talking about the Bucks? Absolutely. absolutely. I mean, I, th- I, 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 I thought you were talking about Milwaukee. That's fine. No. I mean, I, th- I think the top three teams in the East, like Philly, Brooklyn, and I, I barely put Philly in there, but I think you have to, given that they're the number one seed. But um, I think those those three – and the Bucks, I think that those three teams are clearly much better than the rest of the Eastern Conference teams. So – I'm very confident with them. They'll they'll beat the Heat in four or five, and then what they end up playing Brooklyn, and I, I think that'll probably be a six seven game series. But I I don't see any reason why the Bucks can't beat Brooklyn at this point. They're inconsistent as well, but you know again I think these teams have kind of gone through the the regular season knowing what they're playing for. So we should probably at least um, mention that Dante's out for the year or out for the. For the month or however you want to look at it. he's not playing again this year i just i don't particularly have any strong feelings about it one way or another obviously we're not happy that he's hurt this does seem to kind of push some other things to the forefront though as far as an idea i mean i think there are probably pretty good arguments i think the masses wanted anybody but dante starting and there was kind of a real question as to whether bren would be any better or what else could we do or could he do something with Tucker or could you, you know, put Chris at the two or all this kind of talk. Well, now we're going to find out. But again, I, I, I've just been consistent. I just feel like the Bucks have no chemistry for a team that's been together as long as they are, as long as they have been. So I don't, I completely reject kind of this idea that the Bucks have been spending all year planning anything. I think this is frankly a little bit, I mean, look, look we're all happy, right? But it's kind of a fluke to me. And so so Dante DiVincenzo, like one monkey isn't stopping no show with this. I, I don't know what people thought he brought to the table that now all of a sudden it's a thing. But maybe, I don't know, maybe you guys feel differently, but I, I don't. No, I think I... he's more of a hustle guy, like in comparison to Bryn Forbes. I feel like Bryn Forbes is maybe a little, I don't, you know, a little softer when it comes to his defense and some of those hustle plays. But I, I think, I think like, of all the starters, of all the Bucks players that you look in their rotation, losing Dante DiVincenzo, this, that's the injury you can deal with. Definitely. I think that, um, I mean, you can easily interchange him out with Pat Connaughton or Brent Forbes. I don't, I don't think you're going to lose a whole lot. Dante took a lot of risk, and he, it paid off for him. But I don't think that those things made the game. I mean, he provided you basically close to nothing as far as points and points win the game. I mean, he he would get one or two steals a game, you know, but he would oftentimes miss one or two steals and leave that guy exposed and that guy (laughs) would drain a three, you know. So I don't I don't think it's as bad as people are trying to make it out to be, you know. Um, 
I think that um, we we amongst ourselves we got into a big debate about Dante and you know his hustle and all that stuff when we had another guy in our group. But I think that he is beloved amongst the fans for certain reasons, and but is really just a dude that hustles and plays hard. But he doesn't provide you any points. Except, I mean, randomly he'll go three for five sometimes, but it's 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 been pretty inf- infrequent. And I, I think oh, super inconsistent. I, yeah, and I but I think that's the thing though, and that's why I, I forget if I said this. We're all married guys, right? Yep. Like I have I have no problem saying I'm wrong, right? How like we have plenty of practice saying that, right? I just whatever I, I can do think... to get myself out of this conversation. Yeah, 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 You're right. wrong, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I, I'm I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Can we just stop? I started now? wrong. I finished wrong. I'm wrong. always wrong. I, I walked in the room just to tell you, baby, that I'm wrong. What else can I do to be right? How can I get right? Um. I think this is, I think this is random. So there's a couple of things, right? I think there's been a lot of tough guy talk about the heat from fans. Fans don't dictate what happens on the court as well. And so I think a lot of people at the same time kind of figured out, like, we might as well, and Crib's probably one of them. We were just like, why don't we just say we're going to, why not be confident? It's more fun to be confident. And if we're right, great. And if we're not, we can blame somebody. And that's cool, right? That's a tough, and I'm not saying that's irrational. That's completely logical. I just feel, and I was telling you guys after game two, we were all kind of messaging, and, and I just like, I just thought there'd be a game where Butler would have twenty-seven and seven, and Bam would have thirty-one and twelve, and that's just kind of how the NBA tends to work, you know. And, and the NBA also tends to just work. Okay, we're going to get the bad officiating assignment for game three, and I didn't get to watch the first half of game three because I felt like you guys felt like we were getting jobbed a little bit, or that the officiating was really spotty in game three, also. Like is that was that was that Kendrick or was that Jay or somebody else? No, I think that was, I think Jay. That was I, Jay. I thought it was pretty fair for the for game. I mean, compared to game one, game one was ridiculous. Game one was the one that was just oh my goodness! I've I've never seen such poor refereeing. Yeah, me and the Jay. Middleton. I'm gonna get on Middleton right away, but that Middleton offensive foul for for Dante going to the lane, I was like, yeah, he never oh, touched yeah. him. Oh, yeah. He never I touched was, a dude. What? Yeah, I don't. How do you even call that? I don't. Yeah, but they raised four points of ours off of bogus phantom penalties, and then even that uh, was that game one. That tech on or was that game two? That was game two. That tech oh, on the, no, uh, the 10 tech second. on Portis. The ten second. That was game one. Ten second. The ten and second. TNT right. That stupid right. ten one second. One minute left in the game. This is like Giannis's sixth or seventh. Which I guess throw. is against the rules. I guess it's against the rules for the bench to counter talk like that. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it is. Like, I, I thought it was a joke because Giannis, like, got clowned because he thought it was a rule, but it's not. It's that I don't know. Maybe it's a rule for the opposing coach. I don't know. Maybe we'll look that up. We probably won't. I don't know. But no, I thought the refereeing was pretty, pretty fair in Game Three. I thought it was pretty even. I didn't see anything super crazy or egregious. You were saying there was kind of two narratives. So you think in like the narrative that I that I, I feel like I'm hearing now is that um, you know the Heat weren't really that good anyway. They're just a bubble team from last year. We shouldn't be up. Shouldn't be up that the Bucks have done what they've done against this team. 
Right, but they destroyed that us. So what does that make us? That's the thing I, I kind of don't get about the, the conversation about that. It's like it's, it's like you being like Buster Douglas wasn't that good. Well, he not, he knocked out Mike. Like like we showed up in the we showed up at the bubble. We weren't prepared. Like we we were like Mike Tyson in Tokyo. We showed up with our homies with like balloons like filled with ice and and we're, and people are like ah oh, it's funny how you were frauds and it's like they beat us in five we were supposed to go to the finals right we were supposed to be the finals and we weren't prepared and i think for a lot of reasons including uh reasons that we won't really talk about related to the unrest people just weren't with it yeah. and george hill wasn't with it chris and we weren't practicing and the heat for one year decide it'd be it'd be like us playing and being like well you you destroyed us at hoop it up but now we're going to play in a gym and it's like it's it's still ball like i i don't understand kind of this narrative of like well they were bubble bubble boys and bubble frauds and it's like look everybody showed up to a really difficult situation i don't know what else about like obviously the bubble was different right but what happened in the bubble the lakers won lebron james won paul george was still a fraud um, a lot of the other stuff kind of happened, like kind of you would think, and and we were frauds. I mean, that's kind of been the story of us since 2016. So I, I totally get people kind of taking a victory lap, and obviously I'm happy because I was saying Bucks in seven. But I think if you run this series ten times, I don't. I mean, Bryn Forbes, Bryn Forbes, and game one we finally won a, a close game, and Chris hit a shot. But you know that's how that's how everything works. So like the NBA is one in the margins, so. That, that's kind of my read on it. Maybe you feel a little different. Crowder. Oh, yeah, Crowder. <laughs> Crowder. Yeah, that's all we yeah, got to say. Yeah, Crowder. Like Crowder. We're, we're just counting him. And I know if you watch him on the Suns right now, it doesn't seem the same because he's not making his shots. But Crowder did not miss. And he could keep us out of the paint. Like, it was a dual weapon. You had to come out and guard him. So all this flanking stuff they're doing with people coming around screens this year isn't working. One, because we're trying hard. Two, it's mentally in our – you can tell it's in the guy's head. Like – we're a terrible three-point shooting team during all the regular season. I feel like they've been slow rolling people to think they could get away with stuff because I've never seen throughout the regular season. I watched, I'd say, 80% of the games. Middleton really sprint to get his hands around the side of the screen like he has. Like it's, he's, They're trying harder. But Crowder would make every open shot. And we have someone who's going to make every open shot and you intend on leaving someone open? Well, you're going <laughs> to lose. And, and he, his, his big body style, all like – Giannis wasn't going to move him. So what was Giannis going to do? Get a charge, try and go through him? Even last year, he didn't have that turnaround fade that he's gone to a couple of times. So to me, Crowder's been a big difference. Obviously, Hero's not the same, but he shouldn't have been that good last year. I think that's more of the bubble mechanics. Like, yeah, I've shot an open gym my whole life. Now put me out in front of some people. But Hero? I do Hero. wonder. Good. I do wonder, like, I yeah, wonder Hero. if you're. Like, was the bubble just more conducive for certain guys? Like, it was just this situation where you were forced to focus on nothing but basketball. There was no distractions. And for other guys, was that that a bigger distraction? Like, I don't – I mean, I don't know. Like, were Heat players just, you know, enjoying the Miami nightlife and then they got to go to the bubble and they didn't have that distraction anymore? And was Giannis missing being around his family? I, I don't – I don't – I'm – I don't know. I just wonder if there's things that were more conducive for certain guys. I think it's homeschool versus public school. If your mama went to school with you, she's going to keep you in line. And Butler could do that in the bubble. Like, these guys were going to go out and kick it. They had no choice but to listen to every word he had to say, mm -hmm. and they had nothing better mm -hmm. to do. 
right? So he can get them all in because what else I, they got to do? I think they it was chew them off uh, and do something a else. mental thing. I think that the Bucks they got rattled and they just never really could get it back together. They lost George Hill. That's a big influence in the locker they looked up to do. And um, mm-hmm. a thing that Giannis mentioned a few weeks ago, he was like, you never got away from people. He's like, these guys will beat you, and then you you hanging out with them in a hotel. He's like, that that just – that messed up his head, you know. So mm-hmm. he was – and then the teams are completely cr- different. Like you said, Crowder made 22 threes in that series. I mean, that was just crazy. Him and Hero and Dragic, they just didn't miss. And they still had a wall, but – Giannis had no one to really dump it off to. Corver didn't show up. Lopez didn't show up with the threes. And Bud wasn't playing him like like he is a giant of a man down in the post, you know. So it, it is completely different. I don't take away what they were able to do. They still won those games. They beat those professional teams. They play the Lakers. And if I think Bam missed some time for the finals and Jimmy missed yeah. a few games. So, I mean, they're, they were a game or two. They could have, they could have been conference. I mean, uh, champs last year. So no, I'm not going to discount what the bucks are doing. I mean, they made it to the sixth spot. They came up against the bucks and now they're getting throttled. That's just plain and simple. We're a better team and they're, they're slightly worse. All, all cred in the world to Budenholzer for, purposely attacking Miami because regardless I feel like you feel different about yourself as a basketball player if you win this series and especially if you sweep right because yeah. in the end if we dodge them to get yep. to get like the Wizards or someone else you're not leaving that thinking like we the stuff you're thinking like we should have beat them are we still frauds but you can say this team we lost to last year and it, all the bubble stuff aside you don't sweep someone or even come close to sweeping or then, man, that game last night, like obviously the game two where we were just hitting everything. Anyone's going to lose that game to yeah. this team. Game three where we couldn't score and we're consistently up by 20. That's something yeah. different. That's a team that's locked in on trying hard and winning even when shots aren't dropping. So to me, if they come out the other side of this, I think they believe differently about themselves and a team that's been, Commenting on the media kind of being frauds or Giannis being a fraud because he can't get it done or he's a one-trick wonder. Like, all that stuff goes out the window because it's irrelevant. If you can win by 20 and be a fraud, right. that's not a fraud. That's right. a champion. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can talk about a fraud. Talk about Anthony I, I was Davis. Just about, I was just about to say All that. these right. shots. I was just right. about to say <laughs> Man, he's get, The Lakers lose when he doesn't get 14 to 25 free throws. To me, that's a fraud. That's not basketball. Right. That's trying so to have true. a win a free right. throw competition. And that's why people hate Harden. So. Right. <laughs> to me, I like I said before the playoffs on one of the podcasts, I'm okay with losing with this team because this team seems to be a bunch of good players who if they lose, it wasn't because they didn't try hard or because of necessarily stupid decisions. It was just something that went down. Like I'd never mind losing when the guys are trying hard and maybe they just come up against a brick wall. It's worse to me if you come up and you get in there and you thought you were the stuff. And you realize, oh, we've been playing solo ball this whole time. We're actually not a team. They've upgraded. So, I mean, the, I think you also have to give a lot of credit to Horst, even though you had the debacle with um, whatever the dude is from Atlanta. Bogdan, by That Bogdan. went to Atlanta. Yeah. But, I mean, like, you look at the guys mm-hmm. that they replaced and some of the moves that he made. I mean, Portis has been – Bobby Potis has been 
just a fantastic addition for them. And he is paying dividends for you, I think, not only on game days, but when you practice against those kind of guys, you know, you, those you're running with those guys in practice. I think they make you better. PJ Tucker, man. I mean, I know you don't, he's not, these guys aren't getting killer minutes, but having those guys on your team, um, I don't, they, they give you something that you, you were not getting last year from I mean, who, who were taking those, those guys minutes last year for the bucks. Well, I think that was the game one variable is yeah. the, the the Heat series. We were down eight the entire series, it feel like. And we were like, oh, we're down eight. We got it back. And Corver would miss two and then make a three. But, oh, now we're only down 10. You know, it was that kind of thing. But we didn't lose anything. And Bryn, I mean, this is before the the nuclear, nuclear Bryn, Bryn Forbes that we saw in game two. But, like, Portis was just runners, jumpers. It didn't really matter. And it's just another guy who's just ready to shoot. And I think it really, because here's, here's kind of my thing with game. Well, I wanted to say this thing because we did mention Hero. I think we said this kind of offline, but I don't think Hero's on the market or anything like that. I, I think he's a, I think he's a, an incredible pro. And yes, we can, we can, well, I, I don't even think he's an incredible pro. What I'll say is this is a sophomore year. A lot of guys go through a sophomore year thing. A lot of people are thinking maybe he's like, Trey Young or something like that. And it's like, no, it's like, no, he's, he's JJ Redick. He, he's a, he's a really good solid pro. I think he'll be a pro for 12 years. He's just, he's just your fifth starter, fourth starter, maybe third best player, but he, he's that white boy shooter guy. I mean, that's what he is. Like, I think he's a really, I think he'll be making 16 million a year or whatever with inflation would be. He'll be that kind of player, but him and Duncan Robinson just aren't these transformative kind of players that they were kind of look like in the bubble and is sold as. And, and, and frankly, every team has like three of those guys now. So just the, there's less scarcity of that resource. Uh, my thing, and I'm talking about my thing with game one though, it's not enough for me to watch this entire season and see us lose to the Rockets and, okay, we need the Spurs game. We didn't even show up for the Spurs game. Like all these games that we needed toward the end, uh, the stretch when Drew was out with COVID, you know, and the, the whole Middleton stretch with that, like we blew those games. Like the, we, we blew the – there's a reason we're not the one seed, right? And so I'm still not, even with this series, comfortable that we had been behind the whole series that we could come back and execute. Cause I didn't really feel like at the end of game one, we executed it all. We just survived it. I mean, that's what you have to do, but it wasn't like it was two guys on the top. Giannis at the bottom. Sometimes Giannis at the top, Chris is going to look at a shot. Then he's going to pump fake it. Then he's going to pass it to Drew. Drew's going to pump fake. He's going to look at the step back. Now he's going to either shoot it or, but it was just kind of like, we, we have three non point guards who are a little bit creators and there's just not a delineation and a hierarchy of, Okay, now this there's no one saying, okay, now do this, now do that. Okay, now get in the post, whatever else. It's just three semi-talented creators creating in a semi-talented way. And I just didn't and that's why that's why we didn't blow them away in overtime. And that's why the game kind of went the way it went. And like it was super great that we won that rock fight. But for Bucks fans to watch, not just the last 72 games or whatever, but to watch the last five years and be like, no, now we got Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday isn't really a point guard, Drew Holiday is a combo guard. And so we're that much better and taking Bledsoe out. Yeah. But I, I, I just wonder now, now the nets are looming and we actually have to execute. They're not going to play any defense, but we also have to execute and get a bucket almost every time. So that's, that's, 
I'm not ready to throw a party after three games. Well, I'll, I'll say this about the Nets, right? And maybe I am the odd man out on this. If we lose to the Nets, even if we were swept, to me, there's not a real lot of shame in that, which puts the Bucks in a unique position they haven't been since we've been trash, which is no one's going to fault money. them if they lose this. Yeah, house money, exactly. And we haven't been house money in a, in a series in the last three years, right? We should have beat Toronto, especially up 2-0. At least there was some confusion there. But once we got 2-0, we choked. We choked. But everything else is like, well, they choked. Like even last year in the bubble, we barely beat the Magic. I mean, I know <laughs> if you watch those games, I mean, we won them all. But it wasn't clean victories. Like they were getting they open were playing with their scoring food, us at will. We yeah. looked like Don't it. you think so? But that's the mistake. True. That's the mistake, right? You can't you can't play with your food and then the next round feel out like yeah you were going up against goats now Unless it's another you're the predator. Ring. You can play with it all um, you want. I mean they they made the final not. kill shot when you they gotta, felt like it. Right. I mean you, you guys should just keep going back and forth naming movies. <laughs> predator. Yeah, unless you're the alien. You know, I'm thinking I'm of you know it. a lion or, or you know a cat. I mean he can play alien with all he wants to. I mean, at the end of the day he gonna eat. You know. Yeah. He ain't going um, home hungry. You're like dude, stop. You can get annoyed like, by it, but. They're dead. I got to go back to, to game one, though. But I feel like, you know, I can I can understand what you're saying about game one. But they didn't beat a, an uncoached team in overtime. I mean, they beat – I mean, people – what, Spall, Spall is what? Top three coach in the league? Yeah. I mean, they executed enough to beat, to beat his coach team. You know, I mean – it wasn't pretty, but I don't think I don't think playoff basketball is always going to be pretty, you know. So, I so I would say we looked a lot like the Bucks last year in Game One, but to his credit and to his disservice, I believe the coaching on the Bucks have led us up to a situation where, of course, that happened. I don't think we really tried hard with our starters outside of maybe three, four games all through the regular season. So when things get tight, this is not an experience that you're used to because normally we're just screwing with the lineup to see what kind of works. And in a game where, one, you got a lot of anxiety because the way it went down and you know the pressure that's going to be on if you lose game one at home to Miami again. So I think a lot of that's nerves based on, one, history, but two, coaching. We didn't try to blast people yeah. like we were trying to blast them. And I think because of that, even the tight situations, right? So let's say the games were close. And a matter of fact, I was nervous watching all the game one, not based on the players or my trust in them, but based on what I'd seen in the regular season. Anytime we get up by 10 or 12 in the fourth, you knew that was going to probably be close. And we still weren't going to rock with what we thought would win. We rock with what we thought was, let's see whether we can learn something for the playoffs. Um, so when you go into a situation like that, of course, these guys don't know what to do. Yeah, they, haven't, they haven't done it yet. Did not you guys so happen to see the uh, so, Zach Lowe article? Where he said how they did not want to avoid unanimously did not want to avoid. Oh, I heard I, I it read. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, they they basically mm -hmm. said no. We want the heat. And uh, who wrote this last article? I was looking at. There was a Ringer article, and he's just talking about how the Bucks they their goal is to whoop them. <laughs> you know they they're trying to beat the tar out of tar out of Miami. They're not messing around. I mean, you look at that first game, yeah, Miami was – they were like us in game two, but we still survived it. 
but then game two, and they didn't stop until they were up 30. And then the last game, this guy wrote the article, he noted how they played, Bud left his starters in, even though Spolstra took his guys out. Bud was like, nah. And then he didn't take everybody out until his starters, until the Bucks had brought it back up to 30 points. And then he put in his scrubs for the last five minutes. And they still maintain that's that a lead. Different, that's a difference in some of the guys on the team, too. Like, I don't think I – think, I feel like Bud could have played – Bud seems a little passive, my opinion. Bud seems a little passive. And I think there were got a lot of guys on the team last year that uh, really let w- – wouldn't say nothing to Bud, would not challenge him. I don't feel like Drew is that kind of guy. I don't feel like Tucker's that kind of guy. Like, I think they, they want something, and they're going to be very open about what they want from Bud. You know what I mean? So I feel like, yeah, that that comes from that mentality of like, no coach, we need this. And we're going to go get this. You know, you just sit back and don't get in the way. I just have to keep coming back to this, and just as an idea. Of course, now we know, like, like a lot of people, like to me, a lot of these nerds talk like process versus results, but like never practice what they preach with that. I I understand if we're this battle-tested team that lost in the finals last year and been in all these big games and and actually had people who made a bunch of big shots and did all this kind of stuff, not like the failure that we've seen. To say we want the heat, I just think even looking back on it, I know how the first three games have gone. I know a lot of people are like, oh, you're scared of the heat. You know, you're scared money, don't make money. All this kind of stuff people are saying is if we're on the court. The other team has a guy who was having who had 40 points in game one last year, even though he's not even that good. He, you know, I, I think he had a big game in the closing game. The other team has Eric Spolstra and Bam. And, like, I think, like last year, you remember we did this last year and we were talking about, man, I wish we had Dragic instead of Bledsoe. Like, Dragic was such an – we were, like, coveting just even a Dragic-level player all of last year. And it's like – okay, maybe don't hide from the heat, but it's like you didn't take the whole regular season seriously. Now all of a sudden we want the heat. And so still to me, if we lose game one, I think the series is completely differently. And, but now I think we're going to sweep and it really worked out. I just don't know. I just don't, I can't believe in prognosticating out against the Nets based on, and even uh, what, five good wins this year? What What were our good wins this year? The Nuggets, um, we had the Clippers. Maybe the Clippers game uh, uh, kind of early in the season was a really nice win. Then they play LA I, pretty hard. I think yeah. they still lost that Philly game, won, but they right? played them to the wire. They had a um, couple of good games. But, like, I, I agree with you. I don't think that we can take anything from this series and apply it to the Nets. I mean, I'm stuck. It's like, is there swarm? I mean, they are switching out better than I've seen them do all year long. I'm like, whoa. Yes. Yes. This is I've never I mean, yep. it's flawless switching. And uh um, Even Brooke? You talking about Brooke too? Even even Brooke. Uh, you seen okay. Brooke go out on a perimeter and Brooke hold down better. Dragic and and just <laughs> made him like, all right, I, I got to get rid of this ball. I still think he's a glacier, but I mean, he has uh, anyway, back to the switch. I think that they are switching better than I've ever seen them do before. So is that stifling the heat this much i mean they're missing crowder they're missing olenic i think the defense you know, is to be honest um but Dragic, they're not worried about hero because hero is i mean yeah. fell, fell off the map so is Dragic 
and I don't know what is going on with Bam. Bam is a bomb. <laughs> what dudes? Bam. Bam, yeah. Bam is not Bam enough is sophomore bomb. year. Was Bam he good is last a year? junior or yeah. senior. You know, he doesn't have no answers. So, he's not. The, I was listening to Win and Six or, or which, whichever one, and they were like, basically, we just ran the wall against Bam and Bam. He just folded. He just but folded. The wall is he's, one he's man trying to get rid of the ball as soon as he right. yeah. <laughs> He's <laughs> turning ball. around from a basket and like, uh, somebody take this from me. But I think it's... that that is also, I, I mean, I hate to do it because I know we hate. <laughs> We're but, running the pylon against Jay, him. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't hear that. <laughs> it's just Lopez right. sitting right underneath the hoop. It's not right, a wall. Yeah, it's a pylon. Oh, yeah. It's just like. We ain't giving you anything three feet, but anything from five feet away, how go many, ahead and take it. And he is missing 95 How many of shots does he have at the elbow? I mean, how many wide-open shots has he had this series? Bam had. It has not taken those shots. And last year, he took those shots, I, and he I made them. His haircut. But this year, he's not making those shots, and he's not even thinking about challenging a Lopez. Strawman! But Mike Ryan feels like a Homer propagandist. Ryan Cortez has not been heard from enough on Miami Heat basketball. So what did I get wrong in the first hour, in the local hour? What did we get wrong around here? Oh, where to start, Dan? I would say perhaps everything. I mean, Mike Ryan is a guy I respect. He's a longtime Heat fan, and he's embarrassing me today because he is someone who has seen plenty of Heat playoff series. We know how this goes. We saw one game, and the man tried to trade Bam out of bio. Look, I would just urge you guys – let it play out a little bit. Let's do this show tomorrow if indeed this happens, because we're not going to be doing this show. When Bam was healthy last year, they basically won a championship. Like that's up for dispute, but in my head, they won the title because when they were healthy, the first seven minutes of the game one, they went up to like a 30 to 10 lead. It was unbelievable. That was the only part of the series where they were healthy. So if they win this year, we'll be back to back defending champions. I've never been more like in belief of this team than after game one, Jimmy Butler three for 17 on uncontested jumpers. And Dan Levitard, respected journalist, says that Milwaukee's three-point performance was the fluke. No, 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 no. The fluke was Jimmy Butler on three for 17 uncontested jumpers. The fluke was Bam not taking a shot that is wet, a shot that is cash, a shot that he's going to hit tonight. It's heat in five, and I'm embarrassed by Mike Ryan and you, Dan Levitard. Stu got the only one I trust anymore. Bingo! I need to go back and watch the old last year's playoffs because i don't remember oh, him no, doing dude. he much made all either. of those he made like i remember him being good talked on of those mid-range jumpers timely baskets and then timely if they baskets. would and then they played him off the floor they played lopez off the floor so then you had what <laughs> marvin williams and and ursan it was a joke you know so well ursan's do we have ursan last year yep mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, we did. No, that's two years ago, right? We brought him in for like five players. Nope. Last no, year. Because he didn't Ursons play half the season. And Marvin Williams. We let, we didn't sign him this year. Yep. Or was that last year? That's how the, the team is I so think that was, I thought that was two years. I don't know. This is the pandemic year. I thought that was 2018 we had Ursan. No, because he didn't play half the season this year. And he was here in Wisconsin. No, and you're he, right. You're right. They signed with Utah. Because when I made that video – Oh, that's right. Open, opening night against the Rockets, he had like a bunch of points. Like he was, he had like probably sixteen points. And Chris Webber is like, "Oh yeah, Ursa." You know, just the yeah. team is just so much better. It's just so much deeper, younger. I mean, it's it's better. It's just a much better team. The elephant in the room: Giannis is still playing like a rocket. Um, I, I, I was really disappointed. I'm, I'm just tell- so again. We'll we'll go ahead and get the other take out because maybe I'll do the mailbag after we can talk about this now. 
Um, I don't want to get bogged down in the completely fraudulent uh, Middleton is clutch narrative that came out, out after game one. Middleton is clutch. Middleton is clutch. Yeah, we, we've seen him for eight years, right? Like, like the... the All I'm you saying, saying clutch, clutch. clutch. He's a klutz <laughs> and he's clutch. Clutch. All, all, all I want to do is give my man credit for what he did at that moment. Yeah, yeah. We don't have. I don't have. I don't. I don't. I don't agree that he's clutch. clutch I'm not going to say that he's the great. You know, but at that moment, he made the shot. Is is it the biggest? Instead of missing it, is it the biggest shot he's ever made? Yes. If we have Uh, to think about, and he's been on the team for eight years, that would kind of mean he's got to be right. They won a playoff game. He's he's made three playoff winning shots. That's the biggest one he's, he's made. made three, Let's go back to this. I, I, still I don't, don't know if it's the biggest. It's the first round. He's made three. But it's he's the first made round, three, but that first He's game. made three winning playoff game shots out of six attempts. Out of the playoffs they've played, he's made I don't three. think it's winning. I, I think it's 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 convert uh, converted shots in the last 10 seconds. I think that has okay. to be what it is. I'll take that. Right. I'll buy that. I mean, because so they still What are, what are those shots? Because I don't – yeah. Boston. Yeah. So even that one wasn't a game-winning shot, but you know what I'm saying. It, it was three clutch shots. That was what they defined yeah. it as out of six in the playoffs. So I don't think it was as big as it's let's, just the most recent. Let's all give to me. To me, it's, it's, it's got to be the biggest. It's got to be the biggest. It's got to be the biggest to me. I can't even because, remember the other one. Because ones, if you so. go back to what you're saying, that they that they wanted the Heat, that they purposely said they were going to go get the Heat. And we said that losing game one really changes the series. That's his biggest shot because that that's what they wanted, and they had to win that game. They had to have game one, and he took it and made it. That's his biggest shot yes. in his career. So for sure, for sure, you can put money on it. He doesn't make that shot, and we don't win that game. We definitely don't make all those shots. Dude, if the they get game. bounced next round, that's who cares? House it's going to be not... forgotten, just like all the other the other two. But, but they, let's give it up. I mean, this was a real shot. I, I is it tainted to you guys though, because of that last... that massive carry that he did? <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. <laughs> it was incredibly tainted to me. I mean, I, and you you guys know I'm I'm probably the biggest supporter of Middleton. Of I was group. so happy he didn't yeah. dribble out his foot out of bounds and we got a shot. No, up. The, like, the tainted <laughs> shot was we're down 0-3 and he hit some three pointer to extend the agony, like up one, and it, it, like to me that's not. I mean, that's whatever. Okay, but but the carry so is okay. It, it was it was a great shot. It was a great shot. He had a great shot. Now, now getting, I don't think it's pedantic at all. I want to know if you guys him. cheered. That's what I want. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. yeah. 100%. I wish I could have seen that. Well, I hear my wife complain about me screaming at the TV anymore. Because <laughs> all I remember is the last few <laughs> no, no, texts that I've seen of you guys of bashing them. And then I was just like, oh, my goodness. And I'm like, I oh, wonder that's how they... he was forcing in the post right. of Lopez for a turnover. And we right. didn't get a shot up. We didn't get a shot you up. You notice that's... in the last two games, <laughs> like, they stopped with those stupid lobs. He cannot like... throw that lob. Like, yes, in the last two throw... games. Oh, that, that's a really good point. But that's the mm-hmm. thing. That's the entire thing. And this is the difference between hitting a. So, I, I again, give him his flowers. A professional athlete who's a good sugar made a shot. We all think he can make it. And I'm not even trying to be funny. Like he made a shot. He made a big shot. The, the difference between that and the definition of clutch though, is he makes a big three with four and a half minutes left and he doesn't score again until the last shot in overtime, other than those uh, technical free throws that he split. 
Like in between then, it was like a turnover. They so started was, throwing the lobs. So was Ori clutch? Yeah, but that's a Oh, yeah, but that was a fifth Because Ori kind of would thing. go through, I yeah. mean, long spells, and that would be all he would take in the whole fourth quarter yeah. is that final yeah. game-winning shot. The, the difference is, though, and I, and I, I agree with that. Hold that's due actually, to a different standard. Well, we're losers, though, and this has kind of become a thing. We're eight, we're eight, we've been losers for eight years. We've been losers <laughs> for eight years. And, and, and for eight years, I've had to hear about how this guy is clutch. There was empirically, and this goes back to my, my feelings about kind of the <laughs> – the state-run media aspect of this, that there was a thing in Cleaning the Glass. There was some Ringer article in 2018 that was like, hey, clutch that. Sometimes they do this, sometimes that, but it was the athletic or something like that. And it was just about the whole league. And and just as a last paragraph, it was like, by the way, the guy you don't want to – this is about the entire league. So they're talking about Murray or whoever else or LeBron or whatever, you know, Kawhi or whoever. And they're like, by the way, the guy you don't want to give it to is Chris Middleton. He's whatever out of whatever. Right. Just as like a side swipe of him, completely buried, like never talked about. Right. So before Chris Middleton hits the shot that he's three for six, by definition, he's two for five. That's 40 percent. That's the way numbers work. Before he hits that shot against the Heat last year in the fraud bubble series, by definition, he was one for four. I mean, that's how numbers work. Right. Like we've been frauds like like. Like Eric name knew what he was doing all of a sudden putting out this article. Like, oh, they know he's clutch. It's like, no, he's not clutch. We always lose. He's not clutch. We always lose. I'll tell you what was a big shot. Game three against Toronto, he had a shot that would have put us in the finals, essentially, by putting us up 3-0. He didn't make that shot. Right? We were up 2-1 against Toronto in 2018. We blew that one. We, if Chris Middleton was as good as everybody wanted to think he would, looking back in those series, 2017, were we probably better than the Raptors? Were we probably better than the Celtics the next year? Were we better than the Raptors the other year that we lost to them? Were we better than the Heat? Yes, but we always lose. So, after three games, am I willing to throw away like 500 games worth of data? I'm probably like not. But if people so, are cool, yeah. And to go along with that, uh, a guy I used to work with, hey. he used to always love saying this quote: "There's three kinds of lies: small lies, big lies, and statistics." Saying someone makes big shots and just mentioning the numbers means that he got his shots up. And we know Middleton dribbles stuff off his leg like half the time. So if we're not counting that against him, that doesn't mean he necessarily is clutch, right? So if he dribbles four of them off his leg and those don't count as shots against him, it looks like he's making all these shots. But when you can't trust a guy to dribble to the corner, because we remember how he forced it out of bounds and we just didn't even get a shot up. Like that does not go against him, but that's not clutch. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, that one too. Uh, Game winner. Versus Boston, game one. He made yep. it. Yep. Was that one bigger? Or... That was a game winner. That's... No time left on the clock. No, no, that was not the game winner. He, he no, that was. Put him overtime. All that did go in the overtime. You're that was right. game one. Because we'd never beat the Celtics. Yeah, we'd never beat the Celtics. Um, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. He doesn't have a lot. He, he has a couple big regular season ones. I was at the Suns game. Like, I, I hate to be like the one at the Suns game was also a fluke because it, like, rolled off the backboard, off the rim, back off the backboard and in. But, like, <laughs> like I have, I have like, native, like, camcorder in my pocket footage of that that's on YouTube somewhere. But, yeah. Can we no, can, no can I ask a line. dumb question? How many yes. Middleton playoff series has he been in? Like, how many playoff games has he had now? How many seasons has he played in the playoffs? I think this is six. Sounds about right. Let's look. How many before times? Giannis, for before Giannis, how many times was he in the playoffs? Giannis was here before him, and he never made it come, with did, Detroit. Did they come? Did no. they come at the same time? 
Yeah, well, no. Giannis was drafted Giannis and came, Middleton Giannis got pulled in. over, given up for in the what was that, Brandon Knight trade? Jennings. Jennings. Jennings for, for Brandon Knight, right? Brandon Knight and Middleton was a throw in. Yep. I think it was the same year. Is that before Giannis? It was the same Steel. year. The same year. Yeah. Two thousand thirteen. So they've been they've been together. They've been there together since since so they've John been Hammond. on the team. Yeah. So so they've had what? You're saying six six years in the playoffs? I'm looking now. <clears throat> I think I'm just kind of curious. I think this is the sixth year. So I mean, the, you got to think like the Bucks so have been just awful until Giannis became Giannis. So Chris, this guy hasn't had big games to make big shots in. It's it, it's totally fine. Like I, neither I mean, one of them started when they first got there. I mean, they're they right. they grow up together. You know, and that's why I wouldn't say anything fraudulent. Like sometimes people try to do this and talk about career statistics. Like that's fine if you're talking about LeBron or Blake Griffin or somebody who started from the beginning. It's not really fair to talk about his career statistics when you know he's probably having tw- 22 minutes to start. Yeah, that, that doesn't right. really count. But I mean, he's been he's been Robin to Giannis's Batman for how many seasons? Three, four. Would you really put him? No, because Giannis yeah. was no, terrible that's the in his first two <laughs> that's years. The whole I know awful. he's not, but I'm saying for the Bucks, I, I understand that he's not a real Robin, but I'm saying for the Bucks, he has had to play that role. For They're the both Robins. Seasons. What? Yeah, they don't I have understand. a Batman. They're both I Robins. I, I think, I think, I think you could debate the Giannis thing, but I understand what you're saying. It's Batman. Giannis is a bonehead. <laughs> Giannis is a bonehead, athletic freak. Okay, I want to have – let's stop this Middleton stuff for a while because yes. I'll maybe – let's talk about – I want to talk about this. And, frankly, I want to be the kind of podcast that talks about this because I totally agree. Ken, you have the floor on this. Giannis is Giannis is incredibly athletic. He's a freak of nature. But he's not that intellectually talented. I mean, his, his physical talents far outweigh his mental talents. I mean, he makes – some of the dumbest plays in the world just because he wants to, you know, these, these early in a shot clock threes. I'm like, man, you ain't never had that shot. It's, it's a fluke when they go in, why are you doing it to your team with 24 seconds left than, you know, 20 seconds left in the clock. I, I just, I just don't think he's all that smart. I think Middleton is smarter. He just isn't physically gifted. And it, that's, that's what we have. And then we got Drew, very smart guy. Um, but I, he's not that true – he's not that Kemble Walker type of point He doesn't guy. want the rain. He doesn't want the reins either. No, he doesn't. He's trying to get in where he fits in, and I think that's great. You know, I, I really love the team, and I love the chemistry. I love Giannis. I don't want to get, like, labeled a Giannis basher, but I'm just saying, like, he makes a lot of really, really stupid decisions – even up till last game, you know, so, and it's just consistent. I think Giannis is, I mean, Middleton is a smarter player. I just don't think he's all that physically gifted. He's a, he's just, he's just lazy and not a professional, but I, I, I think, I think, I think he eats poorly. I think he, uh, he takes breaks. I think he tries. I mean, I don't know. You, you see a lot of guys with awful body types who run, who their job is running up and down a full court all day long. I think he's in sh- incredible shape, but I don't think he eats well. He's in much better shape now. If he you is. watch twenty, if you watch twenty eighteen, less professional than Harden. Oh yeah. If you watch if you watch twenty eighteen now, yeah. For and sure. I don't mean like the the Jazz hands. Like he wasn't jumping for rebounds. 
I don't mean like, oh, hey, this one went over my head. He, it just, as a matter of course, it was almost like Brooke Lopez or like, um, you know, kind of Robin or these guys who just kind of tip it to the other guy, you know, um, Steven Adams type guys. He simply wasn't jumping for rebounds at all. Oh, but right? you know who like plays he, lazy is Lopez yep. plays lazy. Giannis does too sometimes. And th- this kind of goes back to level of accountability, but like you can't be an accountable mm. team with Eric Bledsoe on your team either because it's just too much stupid in the locker room at that point. <laughs> like it, it just is like th- there's just too many, like, like Chris. And, and, and again, I feel like I'm saying this every third podcast, Jason Kidd was right. And, and at what point are we going to backtrack and say, Jason Kidd was also right about him never shooting threes. Jason Kidd didn't mess up that shot. That shot is broke. dog. No, and, I don't, I don't agree with that. His jumper, his motion, it was way more fluid. I don't know who messed it up, but you look at his jumper when he first came over, it was his natural motion, what he just came up with till the last five years. Yeah, yeah, came up in the wild, and it was a way better fluid motion. I mean, and then, I mean, the iterations of his release, and I mean, it's just been terrible. Even now, like he's like almost bent over inverted when he's shooting his free throws. He's leaning backwards. I mean, his shot is awful. I'm surprised it goes in every time. Anytime he shoots a jumper, I'm just blown away. But anyway. Can I give a little reprival to something that I said about Drew a little bit earlier? Uh, so, so we're talking about Drew's not that guy. To me, it's always, and we've noticed this with teams as talented as LeBron and Wade in the Miami connection and with Bosch, that the guy coming in always feels a little subservient because you're at introduced to the mix where these dudes have known each other for years and years. So I think we give Drew a little bit of chance. That might change. Like he's he's trying to gain where he fits in because like what kind of, what kind of arrogant guy would he have to be to be like this Chris, is my show? Yeah, it'd be Chris Paul. And maybe that's why we didn't go. Mm-hmm. I was just you beat me to it. I was about to say they didn't go go get Chris Paul because they were afraid of like that probably being the case but outside of injuries, unfortunately. Um, so I think that give Drew time and we might see the shift as they become more boys, if they become more boys. But uh, to the Giannis being a bonehead <laughs> situation, uh, what do you expect of him, to be honest? Like, and honestly, did he have a better jump shot before he got swole? So yeah, like, it's a big part of it. Durant does not look, look anything like him. Durant looks like he's doesn't bring in the groceries from the house. That's how out of shape Durant looks as far as muscular build. But he makes all the shots. But if if Giannis is lifting every week, have you ever tried to shoot a jump shot right. after benching? <laughs> it's almost impossible. You could have went ten for ten and right. then missed your next. Did you see that fall benching. the other day? So if he's Durant? doing that every week, th- yeah, that was wrong. He had two I of them. It. He's had two nasty falls. In that the season. only reason he fell is because that dude has no muscle tone up on top. So it was just all right. it was just all mm-hmm. spaghetti noodles. It, it didn't matter how he fell. But if he had any muscle tone, I mean, so to me, it's. That was a bogut type of fall. That was incredible. Who weighs oh. more between those two guys? I think I think Durant weighs more. Than who? The, than Giannis. Oh, I don't think so. Oh, no. No, no. no way. Muscle weighs more. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Durant is pounds. bizarro Giannis. They came from the right. different universe. Right. One can, like, is a right. physical specimen who can't shoot a jump shot. The other one is <laughs> hunched over but makes every shot. But you could push him over with a strong breeze. Oh, um, um. uh, so Ke- it's Ke- really Ke- Ke- Kevin Durant is the bizarro Chris Middleton hairline, like like they, like they like, we were like like um, well go ahead I, I cut you off go ahead 
Durant's, <laughs> I don't know uh, where I'm going. Two forty. Middleton's like, two forty. I mean, uh, Giannis is two forty two. Two pounds difference. You look at those two guys. You tell no me. Way. You there's no, no way. way you're believing that, right? No way. Durant's already said he lies about his height because he doesn't want to be known for being that tall. So we we know whatever his is is not statistically I'm just accurate. Saying, he was like saying he was six I'm nine. Just saying those guys weigh almost exactly the same, but when you look at them, there's I, no way. I, Back to no Giannis. Way. Am I am I out of order? Is Giannis? I, I want to go even head? further. I, I, somebody else say it though. Like I, I think I think the only thing I'm going to say about Giannis is uh, basketball IQ is like the guy has been playing basketball for professionally. He came in at 19. Prior to that, he's playing in Greece with like what? Like he had he does not get the he didn't play AAU basketball. He's not learning the game. He's always just been a freak of nature and better than the other guys around him. So he hasn't had to learn basketball. It's like when you're a young player and you're just physically more gifted than everybody else, you don't have to worry about cutting off the ball. The argument isn't what led him to being this dumb. The argument is, is he dumb right now? Or he's he's in his physical prime. I think he's not as dumb as I I think he's not as dumb as no, he's not like Bledsoe. I do think he is. (laughs) What I'm saying is like, I think some of what is interpreted as not being smart on the court is sometimes frustration. Right. Because as you watch these refs, it's easy to understand him getting frustrated by a whack call that should have never been called on him. And then him just saying, I'm going to hurt somebody next time down and then right. doing what's obviously boneheaded, <laughs> which is like, I got called for a foul anyways. This time I'm just going straight through this guy's chest. So see Dunleavy. That's, that's boneheaded a little bit, yeah. but I think yeah. it's worse because the first Kyle got called and you kind of chuck that up to him being dumb when really he should have never been called for LeBron doesn't get called for this side scrolling moving action where the defenders obviously not said beating him to the left on a on an obvious euro step that's about to come that's right. not a charge the guy's I'm not talking about I'm talking about but the, the next early one three is, is a straight going through his chest I'm talking so I don't mind the threes so much and maybe I don't mind the threes because they are baiting him to shoot them and at a certain point if Lopez is underneath the rim this might be worse for them we've got more offensive rebounds in this series than I've ever seen this get during the regular season and maybe that's going to hurt people more in the long run by pulling their big out on Giannis so he's not in rebound position but that's dumb um, basketball but, we'll see but, what but happens here's the with thing Vincenzo just Ellis. what shooting a, a long three no, that's dumb basketball sometimes yeah you have a lead you have a lead you got a 10 point lead and you're walking the ball up, and you're oh, if we're in the league, you're Giannis no, is jacking an early that. three. That's <laughs> dumb basketball. You know, there's other guys on the team. Swing that thing around the horn, get it to other guys to take that three. Giannis does not need to take that shot. Okay, but but here's here's the thing. To me, I, I, I no one wants to say. Everybody wants to applaud Giannis. He's done us a huge solid. It was literally like a one in a billion shot that this dude free from AAU would come to this team and re-sign with this team and all this kind of stuff. And like the story's great, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Everybody loves Giannis. And he probably saved basketball in Milwaukee. Um, Cause Jabari Parker sure did. Right. With that being said, personal and like, so 2016, 2017, since we got Bledsoe, like this polarization of personalities in a locker room. Right. So Bledsoe's Bledsoe is a dark side of the force user. Right. So is Giannis and everybody else on the team. Maybe there's another rockhead I'm not thinking of. They're the most passive light side guys in the world. Brogdon, Middleton, Bootenholzer, 
George Hill. So you got these other guys who are like, you know, and it's like, a, I'm going to try harder. I'm going to run into the wall. I'm going to not. And then every, like, the thing that drives me nuts is like what Jay was saying is like when he gets fouled and, and it doesn't happen. And so he's like, I'm going to hack somebody and I'm going to foul somebody in the backcourt. That's stupid. Like, he, he should be, he should have been pulled out of the game when we were playing like the Hornets or the Magic in the regular season and, and lost minute time for that. Like, Jason Kidd would have done that. This is not the Cape Up for Jason Kidd podcast, but like, He's not getting any smarter. And you mentioned Dunleavy. We think of Dunleavy as like this great part in the early narrative because like we lost the game, but we won the fight kind of thing. Also stupid. Like the game was over at that point, but he never had that dark side of the forest like coached out of him. And even in the blowouts, he's like trying like one of these games, I feel like he took seven, eight threes or something like that, or certainly felt like it. And nine. it's like he's tr- was it nine? He took nine shots last game. Only made three. It, or let me see. I'm going to go back. Go ahead. Continue. He took a lot of threes in these games. And I'm telling you, so these are the objections that I have. I love the team. I was calling and like we were all calling for Eric Bledsoe to be out of here two years ago. Like I feel like these flavor of the month people now are like, well, actually, the reason is that Drew Holiday is so much better than Eric Bledsoe. It's like, yeah, man, we've been saying that for 18 months, but we haven't seen a close game in the playoffs yet. There all of a sudden is a lot of quit in the heat. We haven't quite eliminated the heat yet. Maybe by the time you look. The first first game, game was close. close. First, first game, game was close, but we were kind of up the whole game. We weren't down seven and came back in any real way. Well, I guess <laughs> it was close because we were stupid. Like to be honest, yeah, that, that should. And, be, and so, like Brook Lopez, actually, Brook Lopez had a great game one as far as like he had a tip in at some point. Drew Holiday had that kind of coast to coast run out. It, look, it was a total team effort. I, of course, I don't like Chris Middleton on my basketball team because I think he sucks. Like it was super great that he made that shot. But, like, everybody had a shot in that win. Like, Giannis playing great defense on Butler. Drew Holiday, like, kind of doing a little bit of everything and making that play. Brooke Lopez hitting free throws and doing it. Like, there was a lot to go around. But because people wanted to advance this, like, Middleton is clutch. Oh, isn't he so underrated thing? Like, it was just like, oh, yeah, and now we're the champs. And now we're, Middleton like, I, I think Bill said, I think Simmons today basically predicted that we were going to beat the Nets. Like, to me, like. Everyone's saying we're coming out of the no. East now, which is ridiculous to me. Um, I, I, let me cape up for Middleton because I never say nothing nice about Middleton. I would not have trashed him during the regular season. Sent over. I should do a query. I, I guarantee you, I sent over eight hundred Middleton sucks text. <laughs> yes, yeah, my did. phone. My phone. If I type <laughs> Middleton, my phone. Go. The next word is sucks. And it's, it's either sucks. Yeah, every period, time. Or sucks exclamation part. Like in the back channel. But yeah, I look at right. my phone to see if I want to talk to y'all during like, a game, and I see how many Middleton sucks texts, and I'm going, no, nope, I'm it, not it, even. I can't take it. Bothers, it. it bothers. It bothers you. <laughs> Most of my time, Middleton sucks is forcing a pass where we don't get up a shot. But even some of those, I could let slide. It's more mainly on the defense where he's playing in no man's land and not guarding anyone, and they're getting open threes. I have not seen that in the playoffs. So my Middleton hate is subsided a lot because at least you're not a liability on the defensive end. It, like stuff goes wrong on the offensive end, you're gonna miss shots. Are you trying to get up shots? Keep All right, cool. Keep but like shooting. the defense was so bad. A deep. Uh, 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 a number one ranked defense cannot be that way unless all five guys are kind of committed. They don't all have to be freaks in nature like Giannis or Drew. Like th- that's not what's required, but you can't have one liability because they'll exploit right, that on right. switches, right? So if he's going to keep moving around these screens, getting his hands high, having active hands, I haven't seen him do this all season. So I'm going to back off of Middleton as long as he's going to keep trying higher on the defensive end. I will occasionally still may- say Middleton sucks. But I'll say that right. also about any other Buck player when they make a stupid boneheaded decision. I don't think he sucks as much as 
he he shouldn't have made that decision. I, Drew has made yeah. many bonehead. As much as I love Drew, he's Drew has made several playoff mistakes where I'm just like, dude, you better be happy we're up 30. Did you guys remember when he passed the inbounds to the other team when we were up 30 the other day? Were you watching it? We passed he passed it on the inbounds directly yeah. to the other yeah. team and they scored. And then also got, I think, Kyington pinned in the corner on the next pass in. So everyone I, makes mistakes, I just, but like I just at got least trying to because you said that, and I was remembering Eric Bledsoe self-inbounding the ball to himself on the <laughs> sideline. <laughs> One of the dumbest things. <laughs> See, but he gets it on the side inbound, and he just starts running up. He just starts running up from 50 feet away on the that side. That was awesome. Without, I am kind I of, think the official was confused. I think the official was like, I don't. He, I think he, I'm supposed to blow the whistle. I don't. What he, happened? He checked it up, dude. He, he in an NBA game, he checked it up. It was like, all right, all right. Um, one man. And, and and similarly, although it was great, and I even again had it as a capper to one video or another. You know him. Similarly, we needed that game against Embiid. Him throwing the ball in Embiid in the first quarter of that game, although it produced so much mm-hmm. content, was um. Look, man, we're a dumb team. Like we're a dumb team. Uh, th- but aren't we smarter now, though? Do you? We, we have to be a smarter team this year. Yes, yeah. we're definitely a smarter who's team. Our, who's our, we're more talented, we're smarter. Who's got the best basketball IQ on the team right now? Oh, it's Drew. By a, Giannis is one Drew, for 12 who? in the first three games. From, From three. three. Yep. Hit that big three game one. The, game first, the first one? Game two, the, the first, first one. one that's yeah. the next one. Maybe every time he makes a three, everyone yeah, else follows with 20. So maybe what, we need to get more chance. Game, game, <laughs> game two, like I, I got home from work oh earlier. Whatever. Game two was just, it was so much fun. And then it got scary. Like we're up 40 to 18 or whatever it is. It's like, we can't blow it. And then I got like real nervous. And then and then there's a pat barrage of threes after that. And then oh, now Forbes is hot again. Now Chris is hitting shots. And it's like, well, Giannis bricked a bunch. And then they, and then, um, you know, Deadman hits a couple. You get scared a little bit. Like I don't know. It's it's terrifying being up twenty four. You know, kind of in the same kind of way the Heat knew they couldn't blow game one. You know, really? when the Bucks missed all the shots. I was just so confident. I was We've just like, to oh, be nervous. Man, That's what the is, regular season. This is great. The regular season has told us. No lead is safe. Dude. No lead is safe. That, and that's really like if if we would have closed these games out during the regular season without letting them get within eight, I wouldn't have been nervous. Like they taught me to be nervous. I, that's still. I mean, that's the NBA. Though. I understand. That's the NBA. NBA. Yeah. I'm, but I'm not getting that from this this Miami team at all. I'm getting we're 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 toast. We we're defeated. We can't do anything right. So I mean, yeah, yeah. With, with Boston a few I, times with you know. I, I, Giannis is playing smarter this I mean he makes these early that's my biggest complaint but he's playing smarter he's finding the open man that one play where uh, who got the I think Tucker had the ball they kicked it back to Giannis he was at midcourt and he flunk he couldn't get it to Bryn Forbes fast enough so I mean he's finding these shooters I mean and he's getting what 17 points last game and I, I think it was a little bit more than at the game before I mean he's not He's not dominating. He's finding these open men, and he's dominating on the boards. I mean, they are killing on the offensive boards. Yeah. But I don't, I don't see anything that Miami can do. We've seen Spolstra's adjustment, started Dragic, um, put in Bielitsa or whatever that big dude's name is, who Giannis was just he's like, oh, it's time for me to eat dude. now because Bam, yeah. is, Bam does defend Giannis very well. Mm-hmm. But Bielitsa, he all he can do is foul. 
And Jan, yeah. I mean, Chris, man, when he knows that guy is worse than him, and I, I get you guys' complaints. He should do that all the time. But when he knows, he just attacks, attacks, attacks. And he is not threatened by Duncan or Kendrick Nunn at all, you know. So the only thing I'll say, and you're you're absolutely right, and we are too hard on him sometimes in so much as when he has a mediocre game where, like, it's still not good. You're right about that. And it's fun, and it's funny, and it's a right game. It is game. fun, yep. He caps his ability because he's a – like the scoring in the NBA is an inflationary thing, right? And we, we've seen this all year that some rando on every team was going five for seven, four for seven from three on us. Grayson Allen, all these guys, right? Um, mm-hmm. Game one, um, Duncan Robinson. Chris does not take – like we everybody's going nuts because he, he hit three three-pointers in a game. He's a very good shooter. He should shoot three-pointers. It frees up Drew Holiday to do the things that we need Drew Holiday to do, and Drew Holiday has a nice shot too. A world in which Chris Middleton is trying to take 10 three-pointers a game, he can still shoot the mid-range, and that can be his his full meal. That can be his daily diet of shots, right? But him trying to be a playmaker sort of, and, and Drew trying to be sort of a playmaker, it's really taking – like we want him shooting. Can you imagine him and Bren and whoever else happens to be hot shooting? But if, like, Middleton, a great game for him is 3 for 5 for 3, and a bad game is 0 for 5 or 1 for 5 for 3, but he's just – he caps his ability. And so in in an inflationary era of scoring, he's – like, there's a magnet on 20 points a game. He can't shake 20 points a game, which, like, adjusted for inflation is way worse than Big Dog or any random guy from the 80s, right? Like, he, he, it's just not enough scoring to be playing with Giannis. And he caps, he caps his height. I mean, we said this other time, like playoff career highs, like like any dude you could name in kind of that tier, plus other guys like Tyler Hero and whatever else probably have bigger playoff highs than Chris Middleton in much less games because he doesn't shoot enough shots. Like he just doesn't take enough of the shots that you need when you're hot. Like one game out of three, you're going to make 75% of them. And that's like the way the thing works, right? And CJ McCollum and all these other guys kind of get it. And we're going to see when the net series the random game that like the third best player on the nets has 44 points. And we're going to be like, we're just going to be outgunned. And so this is like a super negative pod, but I, I just, you're worried about, the let's nets? talk about the nets. Straw man. Oh, he, he was mad at Bam. And Mike, Mike basically was out in front on the idea that Bam should be traded. And Bam, someone who looks like that, is a coward. First of all, Dan Levitar, those are alleged text messages. You will have to reproduce them, and Juju Gotti will have to have hold of them for anyone to believe you. Because right now, that's just a rumor that I said that. So yesterday... To be fair to me, I said we had to wait till today to have the conversation about the heat being bad. That was true, if we're being honest. Like, I was right. Maybe now we should have the conversation. Now, guys, I do have one theory I would like to posit. Are we sure that Bam Adebayo is not hurt? He's had neck injuries all season, neck issues. Perhaps he's hurt. Just saying. That Anybody dispute that? I'll take that. Yeah. No, he's not hurt. I'll say he's not hurt. I'll say... What's happening right now is your stars are not playing like the stars they are. And Jimmy Butler is actually kind of skating a little bit because Bam is struggling. I'd argue that Jimmy Butler's been worse. Worse. And this is the guy that's been talking about, just get me there, just get me there. Jimmy's really, really struggling right now. I don't recognize this Bam 
that Bucks defense is good, and the length is a problem. Those two guys, Antetokounmpo and Brooke Lopez, yes. today. The, what of I told they are. What, what I told you yesterday is, in terms of regressions to the mean off of Game One, it is more likely that the Bucks not shoot that way again right. from three. More likely that Butler and Bam would continue to struggle against length. But Dan, you cannot be the guy who says, "Hey, just get me there. I'll take care of the rest." And in games one and game two, you're eight of thirty-two from the field. You cannot be that guy. That's that's not what Jimmy Butler did last year, and you can't be that guy moving forward. Like once you've made it to the finals as the team's best player, and you say, "Hey, just get me there," and we believe you. All right, they got you there. And what have you done since they got you there? Nothing. The, the Heat needed Butler to step up as if it were last year's bubble playoffs against the Bucks, and they didn't. And Tyler Hero has also been pretty invisible in this series. Butler, Hero, and um, Bam together have shot like 30%. I mean, it's it's been insane. They wasted a, a good game from Goran Dragic in game one. They're playing their first road playoff games. I mean, Bam and Tyler Harrow, right? They were in a bubble. We talked about this last year. Will it be different outside the bubble? Well, it's different. They wasted a Duncan Robinson game from game one. It stings that you can't just shrug off what happened last night and say, well, it's it's 1-1. Bryn Forbes looks like a Snapchat baby filter. Killed you yesterday. Just killed you. Found out he was a buck last night. Uh, did he play at uh, Michigan State? Brought to you by Rocket Mortgage. <laughs> he killed them last night, and he's a great shooter. And that is not something that you saw. That was George Hill last year, right? That was George Hill trying to be what Forbes was last night. So that's probably a good place to stop. Uh, look for the second half of this uh, middle of the week, which is a little bit of Aaron Rodgers talk, certainly a Nets preview and other kind of random stuff, including what Milwaukee Street is, Mediterranean and Baltic and Monopoly. So we appreciate everybody. Go Bucks, And like I said, enjoy the week.